1: Takes a part of me Something lost and never seen Every time I start to believe something's raped and
0: taken from me. I mean they made a documentary about the concert, so why not Woodstock '99? Uh, we'll get to that momentarily with John Shannon. Welcome back, everybody. It's 12:34 at Edmonton. This text comes in from the Chiseler, aka a voice from the past, Bob. Rumor has it you loaded up the family and loaded up the F-150 on a two-week Canada-wide golf hiatus. Uh, is it true you, you still remain a sandbagger? And by the way, is it you were also listening to every Limp Biscuit track throughout? Can you confirm or deny this? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, the folks uh, out of Brent Ridge Ford for um, Uncle Milt, Rich Johnny and the Gang for orchestrating a little bit of a trade. So it was not an F-150 that we took on the trip. Uh, not a lot of limp biscuit, to be honest with you. Um, no, probably not a lot of limp biscuit on that. In fact, I don't think there was one single. Until, <laughs> <laughs> other than watching uh, Woodstock '99 back in the day, I yeah no. <laughs> A lot of Limp Biscuit. All right, uh, the biggest Limp Biscuit fan I know is going to join us right now, the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a bit of legacy. legacy heating and cooling. Hello, John Shannon. How you doing? The
1: closest thing I get to Limp Biscuit, Bob is uh, Biscuits and Gravy, uh, somewhere in the Carolinas. How's that? There we go. Uh, yeah, uh, I was wondering Lick where you're- <laughs> Seriously, yeah. seriously. Have you seen, uh,
0: I, I mean, and for the li- the listeners, have heard you enough on the, the show now for the last eight seasons that they know that, you know, you have an extensive television production background. You're a huge fan of, t- I, I, you know I love uh, crime documentaries. I love documentaries you know and so the, the new one that's out on uh, the train wreck one that's out on the woodstock 99 on netflix is outstanding and really i don't know if it's I, I, I gotta say i thought it was pretty fairly done like it didn't push too much of a political agenda one way or the other just tried to, to tell a story have you had a chance to see it yet
1: no i haven't i, I haven't I, I i must admit um you know music docs and the controversy around stuff like that they're not at the uh, top of my uh, viewing list these days oh, oh, what is at the top of your viewing list these days so, uh, you know, my wife—I I mean, I'm a slave to my wife's uh, British detective movies. So, a- Acorn and Brit Fox. So, so, those are those are the top of the list. So, I, and, and everyone's about a murder in England, and she just keeps telling me that it's all about research. So, uh, which I don't understand. Um, but uh, you know, I—I I mean, I—I I still like the political docs. I still like all that stuff that. Uh, did you see the conspiracy stuff? Did you see the one in Roger Stone? Oh yes, get me Roger Stone. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I I might have watched that two years ago. Yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely. It's quite apropos be now, isn't between, it? Wow. Well, you know, you know what I mean. When you think how back, uh, how far back Roger Stone went into the Richard Nixon era, and you know the world of guys like Roger Stone, Roger Ailes, and you know, and what's afflicting America these days these are strange times oh yeah i mean could you even imagine being a a
0: senior television executive these days you basically i mean john when when we grew up news like cnn's
1: reputation during the gulf war was that was the place to go to they told you the way it was right well, remember, I mean, the first Gulf War, there was no Fox News, right? Uh, and and cable news was just you know just coming into its own. Um, and and you know what what people forget is that the government rules changed in the late '80s in the United States under in Ronald Reagan's last year when they they got rid of what was called the fairness doctrine, which because of over-the-air use by uh, uh, by TV networks, you had to have the whole story so so that changed when the fairness doctrine uh was brought in under reagan and so that that uh, news could be politicized and that changed the whole thing and then we saw guys like
0: rush limbaugh become very wealthy and huge stars <laughs> to at least a segment of the uh yeah center right or far-right uh, uh, population all right uh, uh,
1: there is no, there was nothing center right about okay let's <on>. go <laughs>
0: let's go far right then
1: well some might say in this country
0: it, it, it tilts a little the other way you know like you look at how news coverage works on uh, political issues and what's I mean it's it's and and we you know because you worked on in TV you know, and I always have an appreciation for this because part of there, there's a saying in radio. I have this con- conversation once in a while. I talk to a guy named Kurt Levens, he's got the cult of hockey probably about once a, once a month. Go to the feet of the lion, right? Go, go to the mouth of the lion for the stories of the day. So we're in, we're, in, we're in the, it's a slower time of the year. We got Ken Holland coming up at one oh five today. We got the World Juniors starting tomorrow. Canada just won the Holenka Gretzky. But this is not a super, you know, hey, that's all the letters all the time, time of year. That's coming. That's coming from basically September the 15th until well, whenever Edmonton's done with free agency. But there is something to be said about going to the mouth of the lion for stories, John.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you know this is this is such a strange off season anyway, Bob. Uh, when you think about how late the draft was, how late free agency was, uh, how people—when uh, I mean people—teams are are uh, tight to the cap, uh, and the and the timing of everything. You know, I mean, I know it's hard to believe at times, but you know, managers and coaches and players have lives other than hockey too. What? What? I know it's hard to believe, but so so from that perspective, they need some downtime. And I think what we're finding, what we're seeing now, is that there is some downtime right now. I think you know guys are going on vacations, guys guys are going on golf tours, uh, you know, and so that's what's. And so, and we're you know in that time of year with arbitration, whatever you want to call arbitration, because I don't think many actually go to actually get to the negotiation table. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, but so it it all becomes. Part of that, uh, and I think what we're going to do is once we get through the second buyout period, Kenny will be able to tell you this better than me. But once we get to the second buyout period, yeah. uh, we're we're going to we're going to start seeing a little more activity again. All right, and, and we're and we're and we're still waiting for Nazim Kadri to sign.
0: Yeah, uh, is this one a little? You know, Lou Lamarello is has he got something done in secret on the side or? or as perhaps i don't crisp. think you
1: can i don't think i don't think you can because i don't think you can be guaranteed that you're going to have the space yeah you know i mean it, it, for, for people to for people to acknowledge that and think that's going to happen you need you need a cooperative partner and I'm not, sure everybody, I'm not sure managers are prepared to give each other that many favors when everybody's that tight to the cap. We're joined right now by John Shannon.
0: John, you mentioned arbitration, One, and we're going to have Hart Levine coming up, and he really knows it from Buck Media as well. Ken Holland's on the show today, uh, later on. But is it, I mean, basically the one critical factor that's placed in is points per game. Does that work against the Edmonton Oilers because they got McDavid and Settle and they drive the numbers for other players? What do you think?
1: I, you know, I I don't, I don't really, you know, I mean, I, you'd like to hope that the arbitrator would understand that uh, with individuals, um, but at a certain point, if you're going to be bound by the numbers, uh, then you, you, then you're going to have to uh, you have to admit that those factors are still a part of it you know arbitration used to be something that was very personal very personal and it used to drive guys nuts that you know the teams would would say bad things against them and then want them signed and so i that's why you try to get the deal done before arbitration happens
0: John, are you in the Okanagan right now, out on a boat, or are you on the golf course? Because we got some... I'm on a golf course in Toronto. Okay, because we've got some unbelievable uh, wind blowing in right now. Uh, tell me this. What's the sentiment right now in the center of the universe with Maple Leafs fans? I mean, they've... Uh... A lot of people, it's it's funny, the, the Athletics done a bunch of work on valuations of contracts versus who's improved and not improved their team, and they got the Leafs with the third most effective salary base in the league, but they're saying that they're 31st in terms of improving their team. They're actually one of the organizations that downgraded their squad. What's the perception right now uh, in Toronto about the Maple Leafs?
1: Oh, I think there's great concern. I think there's great concern about two things. Goaltending and defense. You know, that becomes a a big factor. Goaltending and defense becomes something that really becomes an issue for this hockey club here. And that's going to haunt them. There's a ton of pressure on this management team to perform and get out of the gate quickly. Otherwise, things may happen. Yeah, things may
0: happen. Hmm, that's kind of... Wow, that's that's an interesting way of uh stating it and what do you think the perception out there is on the Aboriginal orders we got Ken coming up here at 105. what kind of offseason do you think they've had
1: uh I, I I think I think getting Kane done people say yes I think getting Yamamoto done uh, think people say yes and I think Jack Campbell is viewed as a huge improvement okay so and Kulak. You, you, but but and Kulak was important to bring back. Yeah, but that, I tell you what, I, I don't think people outside of Edmonton understand that as much as people inside Edmonton do. Right. Fair comment. I think that's, a, that, that's very much a, a local issue, a local story. Uh, the one thing I would say is that everybody, when you know, with t- 12 teams over the 82-5, Bob, you know, what we're talking about really in so many ways uh, is how you manage that. And right now, let's face it, Kenny's over the cap and Kenny's you know he's there's no secret Mike Swift and Oscar Kleffbaum are the two most valuable players in the offseason right now
0: because they're going on LTIR because it,
1: they're going LTIR. that's right
0: John uh, enjoy your golf event
1: thank you Bob appreciate well, it we'll welcome ta- back hey nice thanks. To have you back little... although I'll tell you what I'll tell you what Moon and Escott did a hell of a job. I heard. I'm feeling so, like Wally Pipp. So, I'll I, I tell you what. You better bring your A game the rest of the month. I'll try
0: to, I'll try to be okay. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Frank Cervelli's listening right now, John. <laughs> Good. Good. Tell him to bring his (laughs) A-game. There we go. Great stuff. Thanks a lot, John. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Love it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. And guests and orders now. Receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Again, it was my night to cook last night. Uh, Popped in. uh, Bumped into a couple people. Saw my man Chris, he used to work with me at, uh, yeah, Red Robin in 1989. Wow. Brandon, you weren't even born in 1989,
1: were you? Not for a few years. Not nope. for
0: a few years, eh? Wow. Man, there you have it. All right, I got a ton of texts to get to. We're going to blast off some of those, and uh, yeah, we'll get to that when we return on orders now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. I think that's uh, Dustin Nielsen's band, isn't it? Isn't he a Creed guy? Welcome back, everybody. 1249 in Edmonton. Now, Creed, I heard a lot of. Back of the day. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott joining you. All season long, the Oilers Now Injury Report is presented to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Trent Brown, James H. Brown, big uh, corporate partner of both the Edmonton Elks and the Edmonton Oilers. He'd be uh, they're Edmontonians, man. They're all in. They love the teams from Edmonton. He'd be hurting right now. What's the record now for the Elks? Two and six. And what? Are, what's their record against the West? <laughs> uh, what? Zero and six. Ooh. Yeah. really? It's they got the Riders Saturday night. Yes, they do. So Team Canada plays the Czech uh, Czechia, whatever they call it. Yeah, Czechia. That's what they're known as now. At uh, four o'clock at Rogers Place, and then the game is at is that an, a seven or an eight? We got an eight o'clock kickoff. I think I think the Stafford family might be pulling off the doubleheader on Saturday. I think we are to actually make our way down to. Uh, uh, Conwell Stadium. To what, what is it? The Brick Field at Conwell Stadium is that the official name of it? You got it. You know, I used to go to like all the games, right? Like for years and years and years. Oh yeah. I, in fact, John Sexworth used to do the uh, public address after West Montgomery, the late great West Montgomery, and I was one of John's spotters from about nineteen. Uh, I'm going to say nineteen eighty nine to maybe ninety four ninety five. Uh and uh, yeah, John came through for me, uh, Brendan, during the this most recent, uh, John's out in Penticton right now, but uh, John is a, a guy that's got a great amount of uh, uh, time for dogs, so he took on our golden retriever. Uh, anakin for two weeks and it, it obviously went well because anakin didn't exactly race back to me when we went to pick him up friday night so uh there you have it all right uh you can text us at 780-496-0063 here we go larry says bob whatever happened to the cap- recapture issue with duncan keith uh retiring nothing nothing happened um uh, while Bill says, Bob, if Edmonton's going to be an LTIR anyways, doesn't it make sense to acquire a player from another team that will also be an LTIR increases the amount they can exceed the cap by, which would allow them to not have to make a salary cap dump? We'll go through that explanation. Uh, some of it has to do with how far you can go over the cap in the offseason with LTIR. It's, it's kind of uh, uh, one of the... Uh, one of the points of consternation out there. We'll have that conversation with, Puck, specifically, I think we'll ask Let me I, I want to get to more uh, global stuff with Ken Holland. Uh, again, you can text us, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Ryan from Stoney says, Bob, do you think it's a foregone conclusion that a forward is going to be moved to make cap uh, space, or could it be a defenseman? I think it'll be a forward. I think it'll be a forward. At some point in the first half of the season. Maybe you need to think big in terms of what you could potentially acquire coming back. I guess time will tell. Again, you can text us, 780-496-0063. Bob, I heard you were at the National Tree Planting Convention for two weeks. Can you uh, confirm that? That one comes to us from Crotch. Uh, No, I was not at the National... Was there a National Tree Planting Convention? That would... uh, I I don't think they have those. Maybe they do. That's the one thing I'm amazed they've never done a movie about that industry. It's far too Canadian, I guess. Again, you can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob, oh wow, criticism of other texters. You gotta love that. Referring to Lechizer, he's saying the guy's like the new Daily Doug. His texts suck. Well, I'm sure he appreciates that. Uh, B says, "Welcome back, Bob. The boys did a terrific job for you. I think we mentioned that." Uh, let's go to this one from Craig, who texts us, Bob. The funny thing about the Woodstock '99 uh, flick was that the people I interviewed said how poorly they were treated and how scary it was. Uh, but then they were also asked if they'd go back to a similar concert, and they all said emphatically, "Yes." I saw that as well. Do you want a theory as to why they felt that way? What do you think, Brendan? Why do you think people would feel that they go to a concert like that, 250,000 people out on a tarmac in 95-degree heat, it gets a little bit crazy at night, some bad things happen behind the scenes afterwards, they started bonfire of the vanities when they gave out candles to do sort of, uh, and it had to do with Columbine that year as well in '99. So there was a they were paying homage to that, and then people took the candles and started. Why do you think people would say they would have gone back to the concert again? Because they felt alive. That's why, and because the music. And I, I mean, it's a special. Think of like what's the best concert you've ever been to? It's tough but I I will say that I've been to a few music festivals none as big as Woodstock of course but say out in BC when they had the Squamish Squamish Valley Festival the Pemberton Valley Festival all the memories that you make are hanging out with friends or making new ones at the campground and that sort of thing Right so you know like you feel you, you feel a part of the thing right like it's it comes with the territory 7804960063 I'm not justifying it I just it doesn't surprise me, that people would have said, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bob, the Elks have now lost 13 consecutive games against the CFL's Western Conference teams. Is that, is that true? I, I did not know that. Wow. Uh, and Andy, the carpet guy, says, hey, Bob and Brendan, would you guys say the Edmonton Oilers are a top five team next season? Uh, I would say Edmonton's a top eight team. They've been 12th, 11th, and 11th the last three seasons. I think that Edmonton's got a great chance to be a top-two team. in the Now, I guess they finished second in the division this past year, but they finished 11th overall. But we had a real polarization with the Eastern Conference where the you know the top eight teams in the East all were over 100 points, and then a, the rest of the teams in the East sucked, right? So I don't think we're going to have quite the same situation this year. I think Edmonton will be a top-eight team for sure. I think they'll compete for the Pacific Division title. I'm also the eternal optimist. The only thing that concerns me is the same thing that's concerned me the last three seasons. I, I thought the team was a playoff team. I thought they'd compete for top spot last year. Calgary had an unbelievable year. By the way, Brendan, it's got to be stated, Brad Treleving literally pulled a rabbit out of his hat on the Matthew Kachuk trade. It's a great trade for the Flames organization, especially if he gets Mackenzie Weger signed. It's a great trade. Do you not agree? Of course. To get that kind of commitment out of a superstar player or a player that's at least been a star through his entire career without even having having played a game in Calgary. Like, that's huge. That's a great sell job by Trey Levy. He got $84 million, too. That helps out. Ten and a half times eight, and a lot of it, bonus stop, kind of puts things in perspective about the Leon Dreis. I remember when Dreisaitl signed back in 2017, Brendan, and Pete Shirelli, and a lot of the... Perspectives out there on Twitter on Pete Shirelli's time at Emerson are completely justified. But there was a move that was absolutely crushed by the fan base when it happened that ultimately panned out in a very positive fashion for the Edmonton winners and came to fruition. Eight years, $8.5 million for Leon Dreisettle. Say what you want. You can criticize Shirelli for the Reinhardt trade. You can hate the Taylor Hall trade. So I think a lot of people are split on the Taylor Hall trade. Um, I the the panic moves to go get Petrovich and Brandon Manning on the same day. Though I mean, there was an external pressure coming from Ken Hitchcock at that time to improve the defense. But the signing, eight and a half million times eight years on Leon Drysaddle. You're turning around and you're seeing Huberto get eight years at ten and a half million. With all due respect to Huberto, who had a wonderful season last year. He's a real good player. He hasn't put up the kind of numbers that Leon... I mean, Leon's got how many 50-goal seasons? Leon's got two fifty 50-goal seasons now, three 100-point seasons. He's won a league MVP. He had 3.4 points per game in the playoffs against the Calgary Flames in five games on one leg. That signing worked out. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we
1: come back, the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, Ken Holland, you're listening to Oilers now.